Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your host, Lonnie Jenkins. Welcome, friends, to another session with Global Answers. This is our third session together with Pastor Michael Ultig from uh, South Carolina here in the United States. And we've been getting more and more into the discussion, starting first with his own personal testimony mm -hmm. and then going into why he can see how clearly that the Word of God is absolutely the truth. And God has told us that He and He alone can tell you the future. He says, look to your God, see if they can tell you what the future holds. And of course, it is, it is God, the God of the Bible, that actually holds the future. And so then we got on the subject of the vindication of prophecy by the mere fact that Israel is back being a nation again. Mm -hmm. So God started this vindication in 1948 when Israel again became a nation. And we saw all the scriptures last time that referred to an ensign raised over the mountains for all the nations to see. That ensign was the Star of David. And then we went into God pulling Israel back and then we finished up with this part in Ezekiel, which I'll pick up there again and read it to you. It's out of Ezekiel 36. And I'm going to read it verse 22. It says, Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sake. It is not because the Jews are worthy or Israel of the nation is worthy, O house of Israel, but for my holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the heathen where I went. So God is not doing it because they're such good people. That isn't the idea any more than right. good people are saved by Jesus. It's accepting what God is doing and recognizing that God is doing it. And so here now, we're going to let the uh, pastor evangelist over here talk to you a little bit about, mm -hmm. about this vindication of the Word of God. And it is so essential, people, to see that what God does is to wave a flag I am God. Pay attention right. to this. I told right. you what was going to happen, and now I'm doing it. Right. We're not <clears throat> atheists, and we have to have something. Whatever religion that you, you, you look to or, or where your faith looks to, if it's through uh, somebody that you respect or your mother, your father, or a religious man, uh, there has to be something that you place your faith upon. And as Christians... Our faith rests upon the scriptures, the Bible. But how do we know that it's God's word? And so that's what we've been talking about uh, in a couple sessions here. And one of the scriptures that we read, which was in, uh, I believe it was Isaiah 43, he said, I have created you, Jacob. And God is speaking about Israel. And one thing to notice, it wasn't because she was big or little or because Israel is better than Egypt or Israel is better than America or any other country, but God had specifically brought forth a child, Isaac, by Abraham and Sarah by his own power. If you read your Bibles and study that Sarah couldn't have any more children, she'd pass that age of menopause. And it said that her body was dead as far as giving children, and Abraham, his body was dead as far as giving children. So then God came on the scene and actually through his own power gave strength to their bodies to give forth a child, Isaac, and out of Isaac came Jacob, and out of Jacob came Israel. So he said, I've created you. And he created Israel for this purpose, 
not to take land from somebody or, or to make Israel better than, than the Palestinians. But he did that to prove to the world that he is God because we by nature seek God to worship him. And he gave us this Bible. It's written by different men. But how do we know that they just didn't make up a story? And because it's, this, it's prophetical, he said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to let Israel, even though she's my chosen and my elect, because she's turned from me, I'm going to let her be scattered over the world, and I'm going to gather her back to show you that I am God, and beside me, no one else can save her. Great Britain couldn't save her. America, during the time of the persecution, the Holocaust, all the nations of the world turned her back on Israel. But God brought them back to show, not that Israel was better, Israel is not witnessing for God. God is using Israel to be a witness of him because he's already told us what he's going to do. And he did that. I can tell you I'm going to do this, God willing. But I can't say I'm going to do this 10 years from now, I'm going to do this. He spoke this hundreds of years before it happened. And I hear also sometimes people say, well, you know, uh, there was books written in China and Egypt before the Bible was ever written. And they all talk about the flood. We were talking here in between sessions. And one of the sisters says, you know, the Indians, they even have a flood story. <laughs> Nations of the world, religions, and, and all kinds of people have flood stories. And I said, well, look, how many people came off the ark? Mm -hmm. Noah and his three sons. How was the earth populated? By the three families. So then they all had the same experience. And like gossip, it was passed from lip to ear, lip to ear, and each had their traditional memory of it as it was passed down. But this tells us how it originally happened. This is the original story and the true story. You say, well, how do you know it's the truth? Because the same one that wrote the flood story is the same one that said, I, I have created Israel to be my witnesses. This is not something that's spiritually discerned. The bride of Christ, the church, is truly a witness of the resurrection of Christ but you must be born again before you see the kingdom of heaven. You can't see it with a natural eye. It can't be observed. But there is one thing that God has placed, and that's his ensign. Everybody can observe, and it says, where's your witnesses? Where's your prophets? Let them say what they want to say, but I'm going to raise Israel. I'm going to break down the Berlin Wall. He didn't say Berlin Wall, but he said, I'm going to open the graves. He brought them out of Russia, brought them out of Africa, brought them out of the nations of the world. God did, not Israel, not America. All the nations were against it and still are. The UN's against it. But God has brought them back. That's the evidence. That's the, that's the vindication that this is a prophet and he's a true prophet. We've got a lot of religious books, psychological books, uh, philosophy books. They're good books. Nothing wrong with them. A lot of things that, that Buddhism believes, believes the same concept of, of Christianity. But this is a living, this, this offers eternal life, life after death. Not by killing people, not by hating people, but by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ to transform an individual even to live as enemies, to pray for his enemies, uh, not to be offended, and to offer eternal life through this promise that comes. The same, the same scripture that spoke of Israel said, uh, I'll turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers. A prophecy in Malachi 4. He said, I'll turn the, 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 the fathers to the children. We find that, that John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. He wasn't a reincarnation of Elijah. It was a ministry that Elijah had 
to bring the Israel back to true worship. And God is not wanting to bring America, but the world to the true worship of this God, this God that wrote this Bible. So he sent us a prophet. One time over in the Far East, he sat there all day and listened to all the different religions of the world. And that night he had a meeting and he invited these religious men with their books of theology and their, and their books of, of what they had set their faith into. And during the service, at the end of the service, there was a prayer line and a man had come up. He was a worshiper of the sun. And he had wanted to please God by his own religion. And his religion had taught him if he stared at the sun, it would be satisfying to his God and he could please him that way. And he'd become blind, spiritual blind, naturally blind to where this God was that he had looked for, that he had sought for. And so Brother Branham, that God had showed him a vision that, that he was going to heal him, the same God that wrote this Bible, the same God that called him to be a prophet to this world, to lead people to a true and one and living God, the only Savior. And he asked these men of great faith, great men, dedicated, sincere. He said, come up here in the name of your God, in your religion, and, and you come up here and heal this man. Ask your God to come and heal him. Vindicate that he's a living God and not just a religion or or, or in, the, in your mind and meditation. I'm talking about a God that's, that's here, a time of trouble. You got trouble in your home? You say, well, I'm not a Christian. God, just turn your heart toward him. Call on him and say, if this Jesus Christ is your resurrected son, I believe in my heart. Vindicate this. God is obligated to vindicate your faith, not to test him, but, but to prove him in your own heart that you've given your life to him. And nobody came out of the congregation, out of the audience. And so Brother Branham, being a prophet, he looked to the people and he said, would you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior if this Jesus that I've talked to you about that's risen, risen from the dead, that his life is now here with us, he is able to heal this man. I can't heal him. But if he would heal this man, would you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? He wasn't leading people to him, not a religion, not a denomination, but the one true and living God. And they said they would. And he turned to the man and he prayed for him. And the man received his sight. That's the vindication of the power and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This Bible is the only place that you'll find eternal life. I'm not condemning any other Bibles or any other uh, religious books or religions. I'm just saying this is the true religion of the true God and it's been vindicated and if you don't believe that, read your history books and look over to Far East. God has made Israel his witnesses and he has gathered her back. And for the first time in the history of the world, Jerusalem is the focus of the problem of the world. The Palestinians want it. Israel want it. And the Bible said it'll come a time that Jerusalem will be a burdensome stone to all the world, all the nations of the world. And that's where it is. They'll concede land, but when it comes to Jerusalem, Israel wants Jerusalem. God said, it's my city, it's my land, and this is my people. I'll place my house there. And there is a contention. He said, bring your witnesses. And Brother Brown said, come up here and be a witness of your God. But nobody could witness, and God witnessed that he is the true and living God. I believe this not just because it's word. I believe the message not just because I know in my heart it's true, but God has witnessed that it's true. 
He's witnessed that what I believe is true through my own life by transforming my life and changing me and is still changing me from glory to glory. And everybody believes, believes in the end time. Uh, the Mormons, they believe in the last day. Islam, you believe in the last day. You're looking for one to come and we're looking for Jesus Christ to come. Why are we all looking for the last days? Because it spoke of in the Bible. All these doctrines and theology and, and all facets of truth comes from this one book of truth. Mm -hmm. This is the only proof, and it's proven and vindicated. Mm -hmm. All philosophy is good as long as it walks in agreement with this. But this is the only book of life that offers eternal life. Mm -hmm. As long as it remains on these pages, you can doubt it. But once these pages, these words become life, then to disbelieve it, that'd be sin. Mm -hmm. It'd be sin. Seems that God just opens up his, this book to a certain place and just reaches in and anoints a certain part of it. Yeah. This is the age, now perform it. Right. And then the written word becomes a living word. Right. And God just does it in such beautiful sequencing. A lot of Christians that I, that uh, I remember when my brother-in-law was converted, there was five or six men on, on the, in the same uh, plant where he was working. And they had went to a revival and, uh, and they came back and they said, you know, I'm gonna be a Christian now and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to church, I'm quitting smoking, I'm quitting drinking. And it's not, it's not what you can do. Mm. It's what he does through you. Mm -hmm. It's what he has done through my own life. Mm -hmm. It's not what I can do. He has created me for his witness. Mm -hmm. Then he has to come through me, not even naturally, but supernaturally. It's not what I can do. I can, you know, you can give your life to be burned. I was in Vietnam and those priests were given their life to be burned for their God. That's dedication. That's sincerity. That's consecration. But if it's not truth, it's in vain. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And their book cannot be vindicated. It's a book of philosophy. Mm -hmm. And that philosophy is a good way to find happiness in life. You can find happiness in life by following the concepts of, of Buddha. But one thing that you can't do, you can't find eternal life through Buddha's writings. Right. But this is the book of life that offers eternal life through the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And you can't homogenize another religion with this. No. There's other religions that they can homogenize together. Uh, the Catholic Church is able to receive the Buddhists. They're able to receive Islam into their courts and, and they're able to worship together. It's not that we don't want to, but Jesus said, I am the way and beside me there is no other way. Mm -hmm. There's no other savior outside of Jesus Christ. So we can't homogenize. I would like to, but I would have to defy the scriptures itself. It's not because we're saying we're better. It's because this says it's the only way. There's one way of salvation, and that's through Jesus Christ. I believe that with all my heart, and God's mm -hmm. vindicated it. Yeah. Because it comes from a, a prophet, a book. Yeah. That's vindicated book. right before our eyes. And the carnal man and the spiritual man cannot deny. He said, where's your witnesses? Prove that it's wrong. How can you prove that Israel isn't in the homeland? Mm -hmm. How can they say there's no Holocaust when there's pictures in oh, yeah. <laughs> world history? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'd have to bury our head in the sand and become an ostrich and say, mm -hmm. this is not the living book. This is not a vindicated book. Yeah, when you speak of the Holocaust, I think most people, even Christians, don't realize that God already said in the Word that there would be six million Jews die. Right. It says, 
because there was 18 million Jews in Europe at the time of the Holocaust, mm -hmm. and six million died in the Holocaust, mm -hmm. and so they're one third, exactly what right. the Bible says, one third right. of them would perish. So God, is, God has proven this book mm -hmm. is a prophetic book. It's absolutely the truth. I have here way more than we're going to be able to go into, but all of these are, mm -hmm. are prophecies that either God has fulfilled or, or will fulfill. And uh, God testifies even, even that, that the stars in the heaven testify to him. And if we went into the stars uh, and their perfection, right. and even the, the people that study the stars, the houses in heaven and the divisions in heaven, they all speak exactly of the Bible, right. every one of them. Right. And, you, and so God's first Bible was in the stars. We don't try to read it, but it, it's up there anyway. Mm -hmm. And so then, and so here we are today with this. Here in uh, the book of Ezekiel, you can read about in Ezekiel 26, you'll read about God speaking about what he's going to do to the city of Tyre, which at that time was in Lebanon. And, and I've got all the prophecies down here. Well, I'll just read you a few of them. In this prophecy, starting in Ezekiel 26, 3, not to read the scripture, just to read you what he said he was going to do. He says, Nebuchadnezzar will destroy the mainland city of Tyre. He did that in, his, in, in uh, chapter 26, verse 8. It says, many nations will come against them. He did that in verse 3. It says, we'll make her bare like a rock and be flat as the top of a rock. And he did that in verse, uh, verse 4. He prophesied that. And it says, fishermen will spread their nets over the site. And they use that rock now to dry their fishing nets. And, and they're going to throw stones and timbers into the water. Mm. And when, they, when Cyrus came in, I think it was Cyrus came in to take the city, no, Alexander the Great came in to take the city, which hadn't been fully destroyed yet. The, the found the people had moved just offshore into an island out there. And what was the remains of the city that hadn't been destroyed by the former conqueror? They took those remains and, and built a, a, a bridge across from the mainland out to that island, then went out and conquered the island and destroyed the remains of Tyre oh that was on the island. Mm -hmm. And so God had named all of these things exactly what he would do. Right. And he did it. Right. And then we can go into uh, Isaiah. And Isaiah said that four or five hundred years before the event that there would be a servant of his named Cyrus that would rise up and he would have a hand in rebuilding mm -hmm. the temple of Jerusalem. And when, when Isaiah made the prophecy, the temple wasn't even destroyed. It was still, it's still an upright temple. And then yet when, when uh, Israel was taken captivity down into Babylon, and then Babylon was taken over by the Medes and Persians. The, the second prince that rose up of the Medes and Persians was Cyrus. And when he was shown, according to the Jewish Talmud, it says when he was shown the prophecy of Isaiah that a king named Cyrus would, be, would restore them back, mm -hmm. then he gave a creed and let Ezra and Nehemiah mm -hmm. go back to rebuild the city of Jerusalem, just exactly like was said. Mm -hmm. In the book of Daniel, Daniel was shown four Gentile world powers that would be the powers all the way to the time of the end mm -hmm. as a great image of gold, silver, brass, mm -hmm. iron, iron and clay. And he, and he was shown these things in advance. And then, so this was the beginning of it. So Daniel told King Nebuchadnezzar, you're the head of gold and there will be a lesser kingdom, the silver, and then a lesser kingdom, the brass, the lesser kingdom, the two legs of iron. Right. And we went right down through and, 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 and the sequence of events, exactly as Daniel said it would happen, have taken to place precisely. And there's a mystery kingdom, the fourth kingdom, uh, which we've gone into in the past and we will again in the future. Mm -hmm. And so all these prophetic mm -hmm. things that we've looked at in here, we read about 
Ezekiel's prophecy of the rebirth of Israel. We read that already and now we're in the midst of watching that happen. We, we read of Malachi's prophecy of a restoration of the word, taking us back to the faith of the apostolic fathers. And, and here we're in the midst of that. We read in the scripture that a mighty uh, angel is going to be declaring the mystery of God in Revelation 10, 7. We're in the midst of that. All of these things are happening, which is what we're trying to share with you, the viewing audience, because we have been privy, we've been privileged to see what God is doing right. in this day through mm -hmm. a prophetic eye that's been mm -hmm. sent to us in this age, just as he was promised that he would. So this, mm -hmm. this living book uh, is exactly that. It is a living book and it isn't old, it isn't dead. The, we could almost take the, the prophecies of this Bible and say, okay, this part was fulfilled, now this part is fulfilled, now this part is fulfilled, and we just go right. through the scripture as God takes a portion of the word and just anoints it and it lives out and the, and the, the printed word becomes flesh mm -hmm. in an A and, and somebody, mm -hmm. somebody fulfills, some person or some nation mm -hmm. somehow fulfills that scripture exactly. And if we just can get in tune with the great uh, composer of this Bible symphony, then we begin to get in tune with the music of what's happening and we can see what God is doing in our day. And that, friends, is absolutely essential. We must walk in the light as he is in the light. First John 1 John 1.7 tells us, then we have fellowship with God. Then the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So when we find the living word in our day and can see it and believe it, it links us back to the benefits right, right. of Calvary. Mm -hmm. And so to just believe the historical mm -hmm. aspect of, of Calvary, that's wonderful and it has its benefits. Mm -hmm. but, but to catch what God is doing, the living word, that's a totally different concept right. and, and has a whole, a higher, totally mm -hmm. different level of, of Christianity. Uh, and most of you that have been in Christianity very long know that even the churches that were alive during our lifetime have right. now gone dead. Right. Why? Because the mm -hmm. light has moved on and the churches didn't move right. with that light. Mm -hmm. We may sound adverse uh, to so many things. It sounds like we are sometimes, but that isn't the concept. The concept is God is doing something and we so are anxious for you to, mm -hmm. to get in the flow of the move of God. Right. I've taken this from you a long time here. Uh, Brother mm -hmm. Michael, have you got something you want to add to the people? I just want to encourage anybody that's out there listening that there was a, a queen in the south, as the scriptures tells us, and she had heard about God was with a man and something began to move into her heart. And if something has moved in your heart at all, I encourage you, uh, if you have a Bible, find a Bible someplace or Place that word into your heart and seek God with all your heart. She sought God. She took a long journey, and God proved himself to her. He can answer your questions. He's a God that's not afar off. Take the words of this, of this prophet, whatever portion of it that God plants in your heart. Seek him with all your heart, with all your strength. And I believe that God will <coughs> prove himself to you because God told me in the Bible to prove all things. If God has told me to prove him, not in doubt, but to prove him in faith, to know that there is a living God, I believe if God proved himself to be real through Solomon to the Queen of Sheba, he'll prove himself to you. He's not let you hear this by accident. 
if you feel anything in your heart at all, seek him with all your heart and ask him, are you the living God, the God of Israel, the God of Christianity, the God of that book, that, that prophet, that, are you the living God? God, come to me and prove yourself to me. Draw me to yourself. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no mm -hmm. man cometh unto me but by, by the Father. So if you feel a tugging in your heart, yeah. you consider that grace. Yeah. There's something of God Almighty pulling at you because the natural world with their natural cares could care less. They have no interest. Right. But if there's something pulling in you for a closer walk, then there is a closer walk to be had. If there's something calling in you for a deeper walk with the Lord, there's a deeper walk to be had. If the right. deep call to the deep, there, there is a deep, deep to respond. Yes. And so we're still encouraging you, go that way. Find that deeper walk. Find that Lord mm -hmm. Jesus. Uh, he's real. He's absolutely yes, he real. He has a transforming power that uh, only a personal life can testify of. Amen. Michael talks about the testi testimony of his life and the transforming power. I can too. Every Christian can testify Amen. what they were and what they are. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't a matter of we lined up to a government, we lined up to a set of rules. Oh, I, can, I can't drink anymore. I'm a Christian now. I shouldn't smoke anymore. Right, I'm a Christian right. now. It isn't the principle at all. There's another life that mm -hmm. comes in and your whole want to just changes. Right. There's, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to live a life that's pleasing to God. And so then there's that submission, submission, submission. Right. The scripture says that Jesus himself learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And so Christians do go through some ups and downs because Papa God knows what we need Amen. to break our spirit right. that his life might live through us. And sometimes it hurts. We're not promising you a peaceful life or glorious attributes, but we're promising you eternal life. And so God puts us through the life that we have to go through to work on us, to conform us to the image of Jesus Christ. Friends, stay with us next time. It sure be good to be with you. Bye for now. I want to recommend this book to you, which is the Exposition of the Seven Church Ages. You'll find it at the end of the program, our website. You can order it from there, and it'll show you inside the, the relative light in each age that we're in. We know that Revelations chapter 2 and chapter 3 are seven churches of Asia, and those seven churches are historical or prophetic of an age to come. We're over here in this very last age. And so I recommend that you get a hold of this book if you want to know where we are in time and what God's doing. This is it. For a copy of the Church Age book that Brother Lonnie just mentioned, or to receive a DVD of today's program entitled The Bible, The Prophetic Word, write to us at Global Answers at 1695 Stewart Road here in Lima, Ohio. Our zip code is 45801 in the USA. Or visit us on the web at globalanswers.us. Friends, remember your comments and questions are very important to us, so please take the time to send us an email. Our address is info at globalanswers.us. May our Lord Jesus richly bless you.